being an expert on general automotive knowledge, what would the correct ignition timing be on a 1955 Bel Air Chevrolet with a 327 cubic inch engine and a full barrel carburetor? It is a trick question. Watch this. Because Chevy didn't make a 327 in 55. The 327 didn't come out till 62. And it wasn't offered in the Bel Air with a four barrel carb till 64. However, in 1964, the correct ignition timing would be four degrees before top dead center. Get ready for another hour of Drive Radio, brought to you by Colorado Select Auto Care Centers. Got a question for the experts? Then give them a call, 303-477-5600. Now it's time to pop the hood and get our hands dirty. Drive Radio on KLZ 560 The Source. All right, we are back. Drive Radio, hour number two. KLZ 560. Craig, you are next. What's going on, sir? Oh, I'm starting the spring uh, outdoor fix-up project. It, it is upon us. Uh, and it's going to be snowing Monday, so do it now. Yeah, it's, it's good to be out in the sun, though, and have the sun back. I agree. But I wanted to confirm something you said earlier. I've got a little uh, 2018 Ford Fiesta ST with a little 1.64 EcoBoost engine. In the owner's manual, it does specify, of course, they're going to recommend uh, Motocraft, uh, in this case, it's a, a 520 uh, synthetic blend oil. Mm. There's no mention of full synthetic. Full synthetic is fine. Yeah. So, yeah, like you, I want anything with the turbo, I think, should have full synthetic. Uh, I, mean, I agree. My I agree. And I don't even know that Motocraft makes a full synthetic. I've seen, you know, some of the auto parts stores and even Walmart carry the Motocraft oil, but I don't think I've ever seen full synthetic on the shelf. Well, right now, oil in general on any shelf is really getting tight. If you find what you need, this is for everybody listening, if you find what you need for your specific vehicle and it's on a shelf and you can buy it, do so, especially if you're do-it-yourself. Or now, if you're a shop, that's a whole different scenario. You take your vehicle to a shop, that's a different scenario. But even then, I'll be honest with you, Craig, if it were me and somebody was even changing my oil, I would find the oil I want specifically in my vehicle, buy it, have it, because even folks like Steve at times can, can have a hard time finding the oil they need. And I'm not exaggerating. And you know, honest, yeah. honestly, if you want your own oil and I change your oil, you bring your own oil. I don't, we don't care. I, yeah, that's yeah, that's minor matter. to me. Just just bring okay, it if you then, want something. Bring it. All right. And then next Saturday, I don't know. I guess I'm giving a plug, but there's no skin in the game for me. Uh, Lincoln Tech Automotive School, out off of I-70 in Havana, uh-huh. is having an outdoor car show next Saturday. Oh. And uh, Greg Kindig, I think the uh, the owner of that bitchin' rides customization shop is going to be there and have some of his cars there as well hmm. and then that's a tv uh, show right am i saying yeah, that right I'm isn't that a tv show i'm sorry yeah. i was thinking when oh the guy with the beard it. well they all got weird beards he's, now he's but, but, <laughs> but he is it's a tv show a right yeah he's got this one kind of yeah <laughs> yeah it's it's i don't watch it much but uh you know it's a reality show i guess like all your others um and then, you know, you've been talking a lot about the electric vehicles. I, I ran across something, um, you know, the new EV Hummer. Yes. Um, the vehicle itself weighs over 9,000 pounds. And the battery tray itself, just the battery, you know, mm-hmm. compartment, if you want to call that, weighs almost 3,000 pounds. Yeah. So they say it weighs more than a Honda Civic sedan, the battery tray alone. Um, that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't. How, how many batteries are they putting wrong. in that one? Ten thousand. Yeah. yeah, it's huge. 
I mean, to be able to do what it's doing, yeah, it's big. Because the Teslas are having, what, 7,000 or 5,000, like that. So Correct. how many could they be putting in that thing? But you recently, you've heard on the news about the uh, freighter that uh, caught fire out uh, near the oh, Azores yeah. Islands that had the Lamborghinis and Porsches and mm-hmm. everything. There were almost 3,000 cars on that ship. Wow. And they're all a total loss. Yep. And oh. as you know, as you go down a rabbit hole, you find out there's been lots of accidents with these freighters uh, hauling these cars over overseas. They tip over. They don't load. They load them top heavy. They put the heavier vehicles on the top of the ship, and then they go to turn, and then they tip over. And so I, I guess it's it's a technology or something they just haven't quite figured out because they've lost a lot of vehicles due to these type of accidents. Mm-hmm. I tell you, I got close to one of those ships. And it is huge, and you are you are right. They look really top heavy to me, and just when you're looking at them. But I, I watched one coming in Charleston's Harbor, and I thought it was a building. I didn't, and then I realized the building was moving because I had you know it was that far out to see. And it was it, it was it is huge, and like you said, it holds five thousand cars. It was I'd never seen that many cars come off a ship. It was interesting just to watch. I didn't know they held that many cars. On oh yeah, that's oh yeah, it's a ton. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. It, it's cool. It's really neat to yeah, see. Yeah, it is. I agree. Well, that's all I had, guys. Have a good weekend. Right. You bet. Thank you very much, Craig. As always, let's go to Mike is next. Mike and Littleton, you are next. Go ahead, sir. Yeah. Uh, uh, three things. Uh, yeah, we had a bunch of station wagons when I was growing up. The two I remember best was first the 1967 Ford Galaxy 500. <laughs> <laughs> I, I called it the White Whale because it was white and it was big. Mm-hmm. And it had a hood so pointed and sharp you could uh, pierce a Russian tank in Ukraine today. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, it was unique for us because the first, I mean, we only had used cars up until whenever. But it had, uh, it was our first car that had air conditioning and power steering and power brakes. And the power steering and power brakes were very, very touchy. And it had an electric roll-down rear gate window, but still had hand-crank side windows. The, uh, the air conditioning on that thing was unreal. The vents on the dash were made out of metal, mm-hmm. not plastic like today. And it got so cold, ice would form on them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> frost, frost ice. Oh, that, that <laughs> R12 used to work so good, <laughs> that, that old, uh, old Freon. It was, it was wonderful. It was wonderful. Like I said, the first car we ever had that had AC. And then after that, that died. We we went to a, we had a uh, we had a seventy one Torino wagon. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Fake fake uh, plastic vinyl woody. Yep. Side. Oh yeah, yep. the sides. Yep. It, it was like a applied kind of a thin little. It's a uh, sticker. A sti- Yeah. Yeah. It's a big Basically. sticker. Yeah. Green yeah. sticker. You're right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And it had this. Uh, I don't know. It had this paper trim covered light colored trim around it that was peeling off. It was just made out of paper, kind yep. of, yep. really. And they all came off. And Grand Wagoneers had them. I mean, Pintos had them. I, I don't know. Who thought that was a good idea, by the way? I have no idea. Yeah. Uh, just, uh, Somebody did. Uh, and, you know, people back. bought them. I, I wouldn't have been. I, I hated that P- stuff. People, somebody bu- liked P- them. people bought them. I know. People bought them. That's all that mattered. It's like a pacer. Wagon. I know, I <laughs> oh, know. Yeah. People bought they them. Had wood grain sides too. Some yeah, of them did. They did. Yeah. 
Yeah, the only thing I could do. Okay, real quick, real quick, for everybody listening, real quick, Mike, before I forget. Is a pacer a wagon or not? Give me a wagon. I count it more of a hatchback. Uh, Okay. They called it a pacer wagon, right? They called it the wagon. I call it it a hatchback. There we go. (laughs) Didn't Didn't they make a stretch version? They did, so yes, not, they did. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. they did. Yeah, it was, that was more a wagon. But the only thing I could do with that vinyl wood is just ply tons of armor all over. That's all time. you could do. You're correct. <laughs> yep. And, that was it. Uh, and we added we added AMFM, which was a big deal. Then too, you know. <laughs> I, I even I have could, a pa- picture of a pacer yeah, wagon. Steve does. Yes, he does. <laughs> Old pacers. And, oh, it had fishbowl on it wheels. Had nice, it had nice uh, cloth. Uh, seats, whereas the Galaxy only had vinyl seats. It was smaller. Um, I don't. I. I don't know. I still have fondness for that. Uh, the White Whale. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Remember those cars with the vinyl seats? If they're in the station wagon, you, you would slide all the way over oh, to yeah. the pass. You, there was yeah. nothing to slow you down. It was a big bench seat. That's a good point. <laughs> and that uh, that little bubble stuff that you you know your grandmother put on her couch yeah 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 they had that on, on the van on those seats too to keep you locked in <laughs> locked in the place mm-hmm. oh we had that on the uh, 65 rambler yep <laughs> dodge did it a lot oh my god what a terrible car that was <laughs> it, it used to run i i i we go my dad and i would would go up uh, crow hill on 285 and i said i could get out and walk faster than this thing <laughs> mm-hmm Yep, I thought it was. I was afraid it was going to start rolling back, down back hill. Yep, <laughs> that's how. That's good. That's funny. That's great. Oh, and let me let me ask you a question now. I uh, mentioned Nissan, uh, our '83 720 4x4 pickup, and my brother's 2008 Altima. Nissan seems to have this affinity for some reason of putting the uh, oil filter midway up on the in- on the passenger side of the engine, so it's. Uh, almost impossible to reach. <laughs> do they still do that? Some do still do that? some vehicles, some cars. Uh, Depends. Some are on top of the engine now. Some are buried down inside. You got to take the cowling off the top of the engine to get the filter. Their canister filters. It, it Mike gets all over the map now. It, it, it's yeah. It, it's, Literally, it, it, generally, it's a little better. Seems like they gave a little thought to us, but not. Depends. Yeah. Depends on the car. Yeah. <laughs> Some not much. But, uh, and, and Most, yes. I, I, and, you, and by the way, there's even videos and stuff on this where some of these are like, I think, by the way, the Ford Ranger, the current Ranger is one of the most difficult oil filter changes there is, if I'm not mistaken. They've got that thing literally buried, if I'm not mistaken. Wow. So, so you've got to remove the engine. Food for thought. <laughs> yeah. You know, anyways. <laughs> okay. All right, thanks. Good Thank stuff, you. Mike. Appreciate it very much. Yep, question of the day. What's your favorite station wagon and what even qualifies one like we just talked about with the Pacer? Bruce, hang tight. We'll come right back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Take advantage of Gino's European Car Special on your Audi, Volkswagen, or BMW. This month, save $30 on any repair or maintenance of $300 or more. For over 38 years, Geno's Auto Service has been serving customers along the front range. Geno's works on American, Asian, and European models. At Geno's, we are big believers in catching problems before they start. By following your manufacturer's recommended service dates, you will keep your car performing and get the most out of your vehicle. To make your life simpler, 
Geno's offers loaner vehicles so you can drop your car off and pick up when ready. Take advantage of Geno's European Car Special this month and save $30 on any repair or maintenance of $300 or more. We're AAA approved and located at Bowles and Platte Canyon. Stop in or visit us online at genosautoservice.com. That's Geno's with a J. Your next oil change could change the life of your vehicle forever. If you think that's a tall order, maybe you've been getting the wrong oil change. A BG Performance Oil Change BG. comes with a lifetime of engine and fuel system coverage and something else, peace of mind. Where do you find it? Find a shop in your neighborhood at BGFindAShop.com. That's BGFindAShop.com. Because an oil change that offers a lifetime of peace of mind is a change worth making. BG. Do you know what to do in a traffic stop? Kevin Flesh would like to give you a few tips to help keep you and your passengers safe. If you are being pulled over for a traffic violation, slow down and put on your hazards, find a well-lit location that is out of the lane of traffic, keep your hands on the wheel where the officer can see them, and be polite. Don't say anything and don't give any information that is asked. If you feel it's necessary, record the traffic stop, and then if you need any legal help, call Kevin Flesh at Flesh Law Firm. Kevin is our legal eagle and is an expert in traffic altercations and accidents. So put this number into your phone, 303-806-8886. You can also find Kevin online at fleshlawfirm.com. Kevin Flesh, Flesh Law Firm, and proud sponsor of Drive Radio. Napa a Napa guy knows that by the foot, there's no better ride than an old station wagon. Room for six people facing forward, two people facing backward, and a whole lot of luggage, lumber, and bicycles haphazardly strapped to the roof. If you can parallel park that beast, you can park anything. And with some quality parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep your land ship running longer, stronger. It's not obsolete. It's a rare treasure. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Kurt Rogers uh, leaving us now, but I appreciate him very much. Great sponsor here of all of our programs, Drive Radio being one of them. So those of you listening, you can thank Kurt because he, uh, he really does step up to the pump and is a great sponsor of all of my programs, and I cannot say thank you to Kurt enough. He is a integral part of what we do here on a routine basis and a great guy to boot. So if you ever need anything mortgage-wise, uh, he is your guy, 720-895-0500. Lines open. 303-477-5600. Bruce, you're next. Yeah, good morning. How are you? Good, sir. Good. So it, I was born and raised in Dallas, and uh, it's about my mom's favorite station wagon. It happened to be my favorite station wagon. And in North Dallas at the time, they had a street called Forest Lane where all the kids would go up on Friday and Saturday nights and drag cars. Okay. And uh, my dad came home with this Chrysler. I think it was a 69 or 70 I think they may have called it a country squire. I can big old station wagon. And I used to always open the hood to see what was under the hood when he came home. And there's a 440 Magnum, a big V8 oh, wow. that thing. Wow. And I'd take it up on Forest Lane, and, you know, everybody thought they had the hottest cars. And you pull up next to somebody with that Chrysler station wagon and just leave them in the dust. And they were in tears, particularly if they had a date in the car. <laughs> but it was, a, it was a lot of fun to take up there and spoil people's evenings. It was it was a tank, but it was a lot of fun to drive and particularly go up there on Friday nights and have a little fun with a fast station wagon. That's very cool. That's very cool. 
And uh, and some of those, and by the way, some of those sport wagons and things we were talking about earlier sort of fit into that as well. Now, they weren't as fast as what some of the, even, you know, Wayne and Greeley the other day bought one of the you know, Caprice Classics with, oh. you know, the, the you know high horsepower V8 and all that. Now, they're not that powerful, but they were still a lot of fun to drive back then. Well, you you know, I couldn't hold it with a, you know, a 396 Chevy or the big Ford, big block Fords, but, you know, you get some kid in a Mustang or a, or a Camaro or some other cars that they thought was really fast, and, and it was, you'd ruin them. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> Agreed. Anyway, throw that in. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Bruce, thank you as well. I appreciate it very much. So, again, question of the day, what's your favorite station wagon? Or, you know, what even qualifies for one, 303-477-5600? And uh, a lot of you have, let's face it, that was like the SUV mm-hmm. back in the day. Yes. Right. Um, or the the minivan, I think, morphed away from it did. that. It but, did. Uh, the SUVs but, and the minivan sort of took away. But, you know, back in the day, you know, station wagons, you know, guys would put, you know, full bore receiver hitches on the back. Mm-hmm. You do the equalizer hitch on the RV trailer, and you'd pop that thing behind. You know, you put some, some leveling suspension or air shocks or something on the back of the whatever it was, the Vista Cruiser and – and you, know, you hauled your camper off, you know, up to the mountains. You'd go. That's just the way it was back then. You'd, you'd put the. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of you will remember this too. You'd also hang those mirrors on the fenders. They had those like <laughs> out farther, you know, yeah, temporary yeah. <laughs> mirrors you'd put up on the fender to get out far enough to see around the back of the RV because most of those just had you know kind of little mirrors on the side of the door and stuff. So this was a way for you know, guys to actually see around the trailer and stuff. So yeah, and you you know you kind of you forget about some of that. I stuff, forgot kinda. about that mirror deal. So you'd yeah. hang those, you know, and they had kind of this. Oh, and there's all sorts of different. Some of them had turnbuckles. Some were you know there was all sorts of different ways of doing it, but. And some of them were about as flimsy and cheap <laughs> as it got. But anyways, Mark in Denver, you're next. Go ahead. Uh, this is Mark. Hey, Mark. How are you, sir? Hi, gentlemen. How are you guys? You're doing great. Doing? Thanks very, very for listening, good. sir. I got two wagons that I like. One's my wife, Volvo XC70 Cross Country oh, yeah. C6 Turbo. Great wagon. Just uh, got lucky on Craigslist last week, and I found four factory wheels for $400 that were brand new. Nice. And so now I don't have to swap, as you you always talk about, John. Yep. There's summer tires and winter tires. Okay? Agree. And you got to use those blizzacks in the wintertime. Yep. you got to use them, the right, the right tire. So anyway, I like that wagon. I like the versatility of the square back end because it's easy to load. The new ones, the V90 Cross Country, the V60, you can have them. They, they try to look like a sports car. They got a chopped up roof. They, they just, they're not utilitarian enough for me. Mm. I agree. I don't like the looks of them at all. I yep. don't like them. I agree. So the other one that I really like that I can't afford is the Mercedes AMG station mm. wagon. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. A, one of the last hand built uh, cars in Germany from Mercedes, and that. Those things run 180 grand. Time you're done. Oh yeah, yeah, no doubt. You're right. Yeah, but there I've been in a couple of them. That's not even a station wagon. Those things are sports cars with extended uh, back ends. That's all they are. Yeah, you are correct on that. Uh, speaking of that, I saw that Jeep Wagoneer. Since we're on a wagon, oh, yeah, and that thing is what eighty nine thousand, oh. eighty three thousand. You, you load it all up; they're one twenty. Hundred thousand dollars. Oh yeah. my goodness! Yeah, they start at eighty. They started okay. That's I, I just saw there. the blurb on TV. Yeah, and I they went, start oh there, and it's by the time you get one loaded, they're hundred and ten or so. 
Wow. Yeah, yeah. Those would work. Those would be good in North Dakota when I go pheasant hunting and I'm throwing my shotgun against that wood veneer. <laughs> there good. you go. <laughs> that's 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 not going to happen. It's too. I will uh, tell you, Mark. Crazy. I mean, and Steve, but they do have a beautiful interior. They have Did done they? a night. Yeah, it's a beautiful interior. It really is. What do you think, John, of the Sequoia, the new ones? I tell you what, I've I've not driven one, seen one up close. Saw one down at Bear Jackson. They had one there that they were you know letting people look around. Very very beautiful car. Uh, if that thing, uh, you know, drives as good as it looks, Mark, which i got to believe on the Toyota side it will, uh, that's going to be a, uh, I don't want to say game changer, but it will put it'll put Toyota back in that market, which, let's face it, they haven't been in for quite some time because the Sequoia got really, really outdated. The Land Cruiser is a totally different vehicle and got so high priced that if that Sequoia comes in and does what they're claiming it will do, yeah, it's going to be a knockout. Hundred grand for that too. Eighty to hundred, depending on how you equip it. But around yeah, eighty. Most of those will be about eighty, I think. And that's got the five seven in it. No, they're doing the hybrid in that. Oh, okay. Like what the Tacoma, like what the uh, tund- not the Tacomas, the Tundras have. Scratch that one. Not uh, actually, <laughs> no, I wouldn't say that at all. It's going to work very, very well. Well, just don't be the first guy. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. With Toyota, um, knowing that they've already got the Tundra pretty well, you know, handled, um, I, I no, I, I wouldn't hesitate to buy that car at all. Really? No, I would not. So, last, last and, and real thing, quick, guys, the reason I'm saying that for everybody else listening, by the way, you know, to- Toyota being the really the innovator of the hybrid end of things and have made the decision to stay that way and not go full plug in like a lot of other knuckleheads, GM being one of them, have decided to do. I think Toyota actually has a few brains and realizes that, yes, we've got to get our fuel economy up. We need some alternatives to what is going on. There's not enough power to handle, you know, straight EVs across the board. So this is our in-between, if you would. I think it's a good move on their part. And as you guys all know, they, they may not build the flashiest of vehicles, but their, you know, reliability and what they build is second to none. Yeah, you're right, second to none. Can't go wrong there. Right. And by the way, that that combined horsepower is 437 horsepower, Mark. That's a lot. That's a huge just, increase just, from what they've had in the past. Just worry about all the technology where I go, the remote places I go. Yeah, but, although, know, just, again, with the hybrid, you know, that's, again, that's a nice thing about the hybrid. You're not relying on, you know, just the battery itself. You've still got the engine that will supplement that, and away you go. So, again, it, it's got kind of – you kind of could say it's got the best of both worlds. So I, I heard you enjoyed the auction. I haven't been to that. I'm, oh, you got to go, Mark. If you, I, I, I've made a mistake, should have gone to that, you know, years ago. Um, I screwed up. It was one of the best things I ever did. But I'm compulsive, and that's the problem. you got to keep your hands <laughs> well, in your you just, Well, here's what you do, Mark. You go and observe and don't register to bid, and you're fine. Oh, so that's like, that's like intervention. Yes, so yes, like me. I did not register to bid, so then you can't, and then it's easy. Uh, well, that wouldn't stop me. I'd, I'd register <laughs> and get myself in all kinds of trouble. So that's anyway, like, John, I know this is on your list. I'm going again this year. Back to Road America. Nice. Vintage car racing in July. You've got to go see that one. Yeah, that's on my list as well. That, I want to do Daytona 500, some of those. So, yes, I just need to start going to them. Yep. So. All right, gentlemen, you have a Good great stuff. Day. Mark, so as always, I appreciate it very much. And, yeah, folks, no, I have not driven the new Sequoia. When they come out, I'm guessing we'll get behind the wheel of one. But 
that that one would not hurt my feelings at all buying that. Rex and Broomfield, you're next. Yes. Good morning, uh, John. Um, I have a couple. Well, I have a, a comment about the station wagon. Yes. Uh, I have. Uh, I had three of them actually. Two of them were with my dad, but you know I loved them. I drove them all. Uh, I had a '63 uh, wagon with a 327 in it. And uh, that was quite a little powerhouse. That thing was. Oh yeah. And uh, you know, it was a big. It was a big car, but I loved that car. And uh, then we got a '67 with a 327 in it, with the uh, three-speed in it, and that was uh, that was a very nice vehicle. And then uh, I also had an '83 uh, Caprice Classic, with a. Uh, unfortunately, I, I would like to have had a 350 in it, but I had a mm. 305. The, okay. Uh, Oldsmobile. Okay. The old, yeah, and uh, but I uh, I lived on the East Coast then, and uh, I had a tent trailer, and I covered a lot of the East Coast with that baby, and uh, had no problems with it. So uh, that was good. That's and, cool. Uh, so I I you know that, those were my favorite. That's um, awesome. I have a coolant I have a coolant question. Sure, go right ahead. Uh, I have a uh, you know you were just talking a little while ago about AMC. I have an AMC Ambassador in 1966. And um, it has a 327 in it, AMC 327. I don't know if you're familiar with that at all. The AMC 327. Yes. I am not familiar with that one. That one does not. What, what year would that have been, uh, Rex? Six, 57 to 66. Okay, yeah, no, that one I'm not very familiar with at all. Okay, well, anyway, I rebuilt the engine. The engine needed rebuilding. I re- rebuilt it completely um, from scratch. Uh, uh, a caller asked a little while ago about an engine builder. I went to uh, G A M Racing up in Greeley. Okay. Hmm. Uh, they did a great job. Um, but uh, mostly I had them just clean up everything and uh, did a valve job on the head. So, uh, but I uh, I did all the actual assembly of the engine myself. But anyway, the coolant question I have, I put the engine in, I had it running, I got it running, and um, I'm running it down the road uh, like last fall. It was like in the 80, 90, and I was running between uh, 200 and 210 with that, and I had a 180-degree thermostat in it. Um, and... I also, when I was rebuilding it and uh, putting this car together, I ended up having the, because I had a blown radiator, I ended up putting a champion aluminum radiator with an uh, electric band on it and so on. And it, it, it just keeps running up to 200, 210. I don't know whether to expect that you know, in a high temp like that. I, I haven't really run it in a cooler like 50 degrees. Uh, weather, but is that okay, or is that something I should be concerned about? I, I think you're fine at that 200, 210. I would agree. I think that's normal operating temperature, honestly. I, I don't think I'd like okay. it if it got to 220, 230, but I think that's good. But at 180, uh, you know, I have a 180 thermostat in it. Uh, I would think it would hold it down more, but is that because of the ambient air being so hot? I don't know. It's just I was kind of puzzled. Um, another option that somebody had thrown at me was whether I could put a high flow thermostat in 180 in that. Would that help it out? 
I think it actually might even hurt it. It would yeah, go too it fast. Yeah, makes it worse. Yeah. And it, I'd be more looking at the cooling fan, the electric cooling fan. Is it one that's covering the whole radiator? Is it just you have it a cowling around it kind of a thing? Yeah, it's, it's part of the shroud. It's, it's almost the size of the radiator. Good, okay. And it has a, has a shroud. You know, it, the fan and the shroud are, is one piece. Okay. So, and, and it covers the radiator completely. So, and when, when does I that come on? Does that come on on its own, or is this when you turn the key on? I have it at 190 or 180, okay. but uh, it keeps staying on all the time. You know, once it gets up to up. 190, you know, right. uh, yeah. it just stays it's on constantly. All the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not like it's uh, not getting any air through it. But uh, and I, I'm sorry, what was the comment on the full flow? Uh, it, sometimes it'll hurt it, actually, not make it better. It doesn't let the coolant stay in the radiator long enough to cool down. Right. So you think the regular thermostat is the best way to go? I, I've i never ran a high-flow thermostat. That, that, Even on performance cars, I've never done it, Rex. So what he's saying is that it's got to stay in that radiator, get the heat pulled off that coolant Correct. before it goes back into the engine. That's right. So that's, where, that's why we want it slower That's right. than faster. Okay. So well, that's kind of what I was thinking. Uh, so... The flow rate is a little bit slower going through the radiator with the regular thermostat than it is with the full. Yeah. How, how many rows of a radiator is yeah, it? What, what, yeah, what core is it? It's a four. Okay. Oh, wow. Four core. Yeah, you want that staying there a little longer. Yeah, so with a four, maybe he's yep. getting more. Yeah, okay. Yep. The other thing you just want to double check, just just for grins, and I, only because I've seen this happen once before, was, uh, uh, you know, make sure that the wind is blowing like put a rag near there and make sure it's blowing out, not in, because uh, you'd have a fan that's going backwards instead of forwards. And I, I've seen a, a lot of people chasing their tail for that very reason. Good point. And very experienced mechanics going through that, and uh, it Great has point. happened. So you're saying make sure that I'm getting air going through the radiator. Yes. So when that fan's on, like just have a little towel there to make sure it's blowing backward, not sucking Stuck. the air in. Because it could be spinning yeah, backwards, so. which would be pushing it going backwards, and you're just fighting yourself. Right, yeah. They have, like, a reverse band or something yeah, like Yeah, the that blades could be band. backwards, or you, or somehow you could have wired up the— because it's an electric motor, you could have wired it up backwards, too. Or it could have been internally yeah. wired up backwards. And I've seen things like right. that happen, and they really bite you. It's hard. Okay. All right, well, I'll, uh, okay, I'll check. Okay. All right. Rex, appreciate it very much. Jim in Denver. Gary, Windsor, you guys hang tight. We'll get to you in just one moment. We'll take a quick break. This is Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Hello, Drive Radio listeners. This is Chris Hammond with Ken's and Leslie Distributing, your local BG Products distributor. Back again this week with your BG Tech Tip. This week, we're going to take a look at brake fluid. Understanding when to change a brake fluid can be very confusing. Some manufacturers included in the recommended maintenance schedule as early as 20,000 miles, and other manufacturers completely leave it off the maintenance schedule altogether. So, why would you need to change a brake fluid at all, and how are you supposed to know when to do it? Brake fluid is hygroscopic, which means it attracts and entrains water. As your brake fluid attracts water, it can become corrosive, causing wear on brake system components. Additionally, the entrained moisture will cause a reduction in the boiling point of the brake fluid and thus decrease the effectiveness in hard stops. To know when to exchange your fluid, your technician can perform a simple test to identify the amount of copper content in the brake fluid. 
Many of the lines and components in the brake system contain copper, so the presence of copper in the fluid is a relative indicator of the corrosiveness of the fluid. As with any fluid in your car, the best time to change the fluid is before it fails. At BG, we recommend exchanging the brake fluid in your car at least every 30,000 miles or whenever the copper content indicates a severely corrosive nature of the fluid. Thanks again, Drive Radio listeners. This is Chris Hammond with BG. We'll talk to you again next week. You're driving down the road and out of nowhere comes a bang. A huge rock just hit your windshield and now you have a star in your windshield. We all know the chip can be fixed, but who is the best? Who has the best resins that keep developing them to work with the newest windshields? That would be Novus Autoglass. Novus, which is the Latin word for innovate, invented windshield repair in 1972 and it still leads the industry in cutting edge technology. Backed by more patents than any other repair and replacement company, while other glass repair services offer limited warranties or worse none at all you can trust the original novus pros to stand behind their work with a full refund that you can use towards a windshield replacement for the life of your windshield find a novus location near you by going to our website drive-radio.com just click on the novus link that's novus autoglass a proud sponsor of drive radio we live in uncertain times energy prices are through the roof but what can you do? You only have one option for your electrical and natural gas needs. Absolute Electrical Heating and Air can help you keep those costs in line by giving you a free evaluation of your heating, cooling, and electrical demands. They have several ways to save you money, one of which is an infrared test to see where heating and cooling losses may be in your home. Once they do this, they can test and help you determine what can best be done to help reduce those losses and how you can save money. They also have more efficient devices that you can upgrade to that will save you money and make your home more comfortable year after year. So for all of your electrical heating and cooling needs, give them a call today at 720-526-0231 or find them at fixitradio.com or drive-radio.com. That's Absolute Electrical Heating and Air, our major sponsor of Fixit Radio, Drive Radio, and of course, Ready Radio. For quality and service beyond compare, call Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. You might be misinformed about your home insurance policy, and while you're making the claim, is not the time to find out. Paul Lewinberger knows this and will educate you about the types of home insurance so you can make the right choices. There are three different kinds of home insurance. Structural home insurance covering the outside, liability insurance for if someone gets hurt on your property, and contents insurance for possessions inside the home. Paul knows that the insurance money received after a big loss is often not enough for total loss replacement. In fact, with other companies, there is no such thing as total loss replacement. That's unique to Paul. Make sure your coverage matches your premium. Otherwise, you can't have the peace of mind that you should have with insurance. Work with someone who will make sure you have the right policy. Call Paul Lewinberger at 303 662 to learn about getting coverage that gives you peace of mind. RanchFreshMeats.com has added some great steak grilling options for you to try this spring. Bison tomahawk steaks, Morgan Ranch Wagyu tomahawk steaks, and Colorado Certified Angus Choice Beef Tomahawk Steaks. A tomahawk is the industry name for a bone-in ribeye. The bone is left extra long and Frenched back to the eye of the ribeye. It makes for a very impressive plate presentation, and the meat cooked with the bone left in is delicious. 
You'll spend well over $120 to enjoy one of these steaks at a restaurant. Now, get the same taste at a better price at RanchFreshMeats.com. Check out the video tab for a demonstration on how to best grill your tomahawk steaks like professional chefs do at the steakhouses. Try all three tomahawk steaks this spring and decide which one is your favorite. Remove the mystery of where your meat comes from. Buy from RanchFreshMeats.com. All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Myself, Steve Horvath, Gino's Auto Service with me. Gary in Windsor, you've got a question on spark plugs. Go ahead, Gary. Hi. I, um, I've i talked to you before on my old F-150. I just crossed the 200 mark. I'm under the hood. Nice. I threw the spark plugs, and I just got through number seven, and I'm going on to eight. But I've got two different sources. For years, I have uh, gapped the plugs at 52 thousandths, and I came across another source I'm um, in a manual at 45,000, so I'm looking for a third opinion. Hmm. What, what year is it? 01. 54. Steve is looking it up because <laughs> there's too many to remember and that's yeah, not that's not going to be for those listening by the way these are typically not things you'll find in the owner's manual uh, and actually aren't it on, is it on the hood Some, it used to be yeah, yeah, is it back under in the, the hood, day? gary on the yeah. sticker yeah. yeah now you're making me feel awful stupid oh sorry um <laughs> i think it, it used to it used to be under the hood uh, and what what engine we said five four right and there's two different five fours there's the z or the m so that's even another right uh, it's another frustrating thing about all this. So um, I don't see it. And it could have been <laughs> not not on the emission sticker. No. No. Interesting. Ford, okay. Watch it. Vehicle emission sticker, right? Da, 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 yeah. Da, normally da, they are. Weird. One. Oh, wait a minute. There we go. Fifty-two to fifty-six. There. Oh, really? There you <laughs> go. So now you have another one. There's your answer. Uh, yes. And by the way, that's the one I would go off. Yes. That's where I'm going. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm going with. It was a small print. I couldn't see it. Yeah. That, that's but, the one you um, go with, Gary. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, Dad had a 60. Oh. We're losing you, Gary. Step into the step into the good signal, Gary, wherever you went to. Come, in, we come into the light. You. Come into the light, Gary. Yeah. <laughs> okay. There we oh, go. Yeah. That's better. I'm staring. I'm staring at the light right now. There we go. Much better. Much better. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, Dad had a '60 old Fiesta. Oh. A lot of steel and three and three seats. Yep. Yeah. Those are great old. Yeah. Ways. And by the way, those of you that are you know probably wondering, I just while we've been chatting. Uh, been looking around even on the internet and stuff most of these old wagons that you guys are talking about they're not out there they're not for sale so trust me when you find one and if you do and it's something somebody can pick up at the right price i would because they're not going to go down in value gary uh, um at 74 i'm not picking up anything else no but you know some of the guys out there that collect and so on this is one of those items that you can you know okay. probably buy reasonably and they're going to go up in value a segue off from the White Whale, my brother had a 63 uh, Galaxy 500 XL nice. with a 406, with a 406, 405, and he faked out and sh- shook up a lot of 327 Corvettes. Nice. That's and, nice. And they, kn- they knew something was up when they heard those three Hollies dump. Yep. <laughs> That's cool. Good story, Gary. That's really cool. Okay. Okay. Thanks, thanks Gary. Appreciate it very much. No, appreciate it very much. Good stuff. And, yeah, that's where you find the 
Spark plug gap. Jim in Denver, you're next, sir. Good day. Listen, now, I got a couple of questions. Sure. Let's start with my six. I got a 67L Camino with a 327 in it. And I wonder if uh, conventional oil isn't better for them instead of uh, synthetic. You need you need to use a flat tappet, uh, either an additive, a zinc additive, or you need to use a, a like a 1540 diesel oil on that that has some ZDDP in it to help the flat tappet camshaft. Okay. And, and or go to like Joe Gibbs Racing, they make a special flat tappet camshaft oil that as well. So any of those or either of those would be the way to do that, Jim. But yes, it, it doesn't it doesn't need modern oil and probably shouldn't. Well, it shouldn't have modern oil. All right. I'm not sure which 327 is in it. Doesn't doesn't matter. They're all flat tappets. They never made them any other way. Okay. It's either a flat tappet um, on an El Camino 67, probably hydraulic lifters, but some of those engines were optioned out with a mechanical camshaft. But either way, still a solid lifter. Or I mean, still a it's, still it's a uh, flat hydraulic. Tablet. It's probably hydraulic. Yeah. Uh, other question: A 2007 PT Cruiser with a five-speed transmission. Okay. Um, I have problems with it uh, pushing into the gears when you hit temperatures outside of mm -hmm. 80 and above. Mm-hmm. It it seems to shift. What hard. oil are you running in it? Whatever's in the um, whatever's stock in it. I can't remember like on that one what it was supposed to have. I'd have to look that one up. 2007 with a five-speed. Uh, yeah, during the winter, it just shifts nice. Sure. But when it's hot, it doesn't like to. And you're talking in the training? Transmission. What kind so, of oil? I'm it's a manual. When manual. Yeah. Really? Going through the gear, you know, when you stop, right. put it in first. When you're right. going first, second, second, or third. It just hesitates going in. Okay. But only when it's hot out. And when's the last time that was serviced? That's the other question I would have. Well, that's it. I have. Uh, I don't believe it's been. It's been quite a long time. It's got seventy thousand miles on okay. it right now. I would probably service it first. Put the fluid that it's supposed to have back in it before we make any changes, and see if that does any. If that helps, I think. ATF. Yeah, I think that takes automatic transmission fluid. Yeah, just. ATF plus four is what it's saying. Which, here. if it's get, getting a little broken down, that's why it's not shifting well when it's, it's hot. Good. Yeah, it's a, it's a little thin mm -hmm. when it's hot, then, huh? That has to be, yeah, that's what I was thinking. It has, it has to have something to do with the damn fluid. Right. Other than that, my favorite station wagon, 55 uh, Nomad. Oh, yes. Yeah, <laughs> nobody's mentioned that yet, but yeah, great. Okay, gentlemen, thank great you. Car, great car. Great car. If you can find one to buy, great car to own, by the way. You just can't find one for hardly the right price anymore. But uh, Russ and Cheyenne, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back to you, give you plenty of time that way. We'll be right back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Most oil changes are the same. Old oil out, new filter, new oil in. It's a routine, a chore on the to-do list. What if your oil change wasn't the same as the rest? What if it was life-changing? BG. A BG oil change can change your life because it comes with free lifetime protection for your engine and fuel system, which means a lifetime of peace of mind for you. Find a shop near you at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. BG. No one likes to be that person. You know the one, stuck on the side of the road, busted tire, making everyone slow down to get around them. With Legacy Automotive's new tire sales, you don't have to be that person, ever. Here in our Colorado climate, you might be closer to needing new tires than you think. 
a bad set of tires can be dangerous and even life-threatening. Tires should be regularly examined for cracks, bulges and blisters, and other signs of wear and tear on your vehicle. The skilled team at Legacy Automotive in Boulder will be able to examine your current set of tires, let you know what they recommend based on what they find, and help you get on the road. Legacy Automotive is a Napa Gold Certified Auto Care Shop and employs ASC Certified Technicians. So don't be that guy and make an appointment at Legacy Automotive today at 303-396-0555 or visit them online at LegacyAutomotive.com. Legacy Automotive, locally grown auto repair. Hunting down that hard-to-find part for an out-of-the-ordinary car can be quite a time-consuming chore. Unless, of course, you just go around the corner to your local Napa Auto Parts store, where we have over 310,000 parts, all of them made to fit and perform just like the original. Yeah, there are people who say it's the journey and not the destination, but those people have never tried to find an alternator for an 82 Fiat on a Saturday. Go to NapaOnline.com for the location nearest you. Napa, get the good stuff. Arvada West Auto and Truck has been serving all of Western Arvada, Golden, and Wheat Ridge for more than 40 years, and they're proud to keep their customers' vehicles on the road. After starting out as a small gas station, they moved into their current building in 2004 at 11752 West 64th Avenue. Arvada West is a Napa Gold Shop, a designation only a few in the nation receive. And after 40 years of service, Arvada West Auto and Truck achieved the Napa Auto Care Shop of the Year for the Rocky Mountain Division of Napa. They'd be thrilled to welcome you to their family. Stop by or call Arvada West Auto and Truck, 11752 West 64th Avenue, just west of Sims, or call them at 303-422-1065. All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Russ, up in Cheyenne, you are on. What's going on, sir? Hey, how's it going? Good. So I figured I'd call you back with my the headlight issue I had last week where I couldn't get the headlights to turn off. Awesome. I wound up unplugging everything, and it still stayed on. So I just cut the harness apart. Okay. And um, I had found where somebody had spliced in a splice and had gotten hot ah. and burned. Ah. And had uh, there you go. the harness. So between the main splice and the alternator, there was eight splices in that wire. Gee whiz. And between the main splice and the battery, there was five in it. Oh, my word. Hmm. What were they so, splicing? Yeah, I was going to say. Were they... I, don't, I don't know. It was all different colors wire, and it was all the right gauge, but it was all different colors, and I have no idea. Really? You know, I don't know the history on this car. Right. It's been owned by so many people. And, right. So and for everybody listening, that's on Russ, Russ's old Camaro you're restoring. Yeah, 67. Yeah. Hmm. So, but, yeah, I mean, you just never know. It was wrapped up real nice. It looked pretty. You know, I, I would, would never have worried about the harness, but it could have burned that whole car down. Oh, yeah. No, I'm glad you found that because, you know, we were kind of, you know, searching oh. last week as to what the answer would be, and, and you did it right. Good job. Hmm. Are you going to yeah. just put a kid in it now, yeah. or what are you going to do as far as that goes? Yeah, I just ordered a new harness for it. Nice. Good. So, um, I uh, nobody had the harness to convert it to a one wire alternator, so I just ordered one of the kits to convert a new there harness because everybody's like a six month waiting list for the other one. Jeez, <laughs> unbelievable. So, I'll just replace that whole harness, and I won't have to worry about it. Yeah, good for you. So, well, that's good. That's good um, news. My favorite wagon. Um, I know a lot of people have said them, but 
I had a buddy in high school that had a Vista Cruiser. Yeah. In high school, um, his was a 455 with a four-speed. Oh wow! Yes. Really? And that was a fun car. Yeah, um, I can imagine. It had been converted from a four-barrel to a two-barrel at some point or another. Really? That's odd. Probably for yeah. fuel mileage. Yeah, yeah probably. Even so, though it, on the quadrajet, that really doesn't change much. People didn't realize that yeah. back then, though. Um, I think, if I remember correctly, my buddy's parents bought it off a lady that they went to church with <laughs> that uh, just couldn't push the clutch in anymore. Really? Oh, yeah. So That'd be yeah, an awesome car to own. Yeah, I, I believe his dad still got it. I think it's squirreled away in a garage. Really? Um, but yeah, that that was that was a fun car. That'd be a it, car to own. It had the it had the gigantic vinyl seats in it, so you'd turn a corner and slide across the car if it weren't buckled in. Yep, I remember those so, days. That that honestly, that'd be a great car to own. Really would be. Yeah, I told him if he ever wants to sell it to to let me know. You bet. Really would like yeah, no, you it. yeah, no, you jump on that one. So, but it had air shocks in the back that yep. they'd like plumbed it to right right at the rear bumper, so you could just yep put air in it at the rear bumper <laughs> yep that was a way to do it and had a big had a big old hitch on the back of it <laughs> yeah well that you know that's what they did back so, then you didn't you didn't you know didn't have an suv i mean most in you know guys with trucks no offense they were doing other things with them and most families you know you only had a single cab back mm-hmm. then for the most part i mean nobody had a you know there's no double cab trucks you know i mean there were some please don't call in and correct me yes i know ford and ram or dodge back then had but they were you know, you and you and I both know Russ. Those were not comfortable to go travel, and you were much much better off in a wagon with your travel trailer behind you than you were in a truck of the day. Right? Yeah. No. The I, I mean, I got a buddy that had an old square body crew cab, and I always did wonder why why there weren't more crew cabs running around than there were. They were just not very um, popular. They um, they were so stinking <clears throat> long, you couldn't hardly turn a corner with them. Was part of the issue, and. Yeah. You know, depending upon how you equipped it, there was the other issue that they had is depending upon, you know, how you equipped it. If you got a four-wheel drive, well, you know, then the most you get was a 350 engine uh, until later, until like 80, I want to say 81 or 2, they started doing the big blocks, which and even it didn't have a lot of power. But prior to that, you could only get a small block in them, and they just didn't make a lot of power, so they just didn't really didn't fill the need. I mean, if you, if you did anything with it, you had to rebuild the engine to even go have any power out of it. Yeah, that's probably they had to put the big blocks in them to make the power that the small blocks were making in the early seventies. Exactly. So, anyways, yeah, they they were. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and again, as it, as it, as they got more popular, and you know, they came out with, of course, dual wheels and all of that. You know, they they got to be more and more popular as time got by. You know, finally, the you know the the market. You know, GM, Ford, they all figured out, hey, there's a decent market here for these things. You know, let's build them and. I, well, and the same is true today. Why these knuckleheads that are in charge of some of these these um, companies? I mean, for example, why we talked about this last week or a couple weeks ago. Why do we not have three-quarter ton Suburbans today? I mean, these guys that are running these companies, they're more worried about plugging in the wall and charging your car than building things the actual public needs. Right. Just They're yeah, just I, dumb, Russ. They're dumb. They were dumb then. They're know. dumb I now. Never, <laughs> there's, there's things that I would love to have that you just can't get anymore right. on some of the vehicles. I, and I, personally, I'm a guy. If I could buy a r- nice truck with a nice interior, with a rubber floor mat, yeah, I would do that. Agree, mm-hmm. agree, because it's easier. Heartbeat. I don't, I don't need carpet. Right. 
I would be more than happy. Yeah, I want all the insulation. I want it to sound the same, but I want that ability to just wipe it out when needed. Yes. Exactly. Because when you when you work, that's right. You know, you get dirt in your truck. That's right. Yeah, and again, most of them don't build it for the guy using it. I'm sorry, they just don't. Yeah. Well, and that's unfortunately it's for the poser, not for the worker. True. So, but there's a lot of people that buy trucks now that. They don't ever put anything in the bed. You are correct. When the gas prices get high, though, that's when you start seeing some of those go up for sale as well. True. Yeah, which I'm kind of hoping for. But, I I mean, I like, I I don't know. I I could never get away with a half-ton truck. Um, Well, I don't even know. It's tough. If you do any kind of work with it, hauling, uh, you know, anything along those lines, yeah, a half-ton is just tough to get by with. You're right. The only thing that might work is, like, you know, like the Chevys with the the little Duramax. Maybe yeah, I looked at one work. of those the other day, kind of thinking that, you know, and it, depending upon, you know, in that case, depending upon your trailer, how how much it weighs and what you're doing and so on. Yeah, some of those, you've got an aluminum trailer or something. Yeah, they probably would work fine and you get by with that okay. Uh, and it would be good power and all of that. But again, let you know, again, Russ, let's face it, most of the guys out there that are hauling and doing anything with any kind of weight whatsoever, I mean, no offense, you're not putting your skid steer on a flatbed and sticking that behind a half-ton truck. It's just not going to happen. And that's what I was just going to say. <laughs> that's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> you know? I can't put a skid steer behind my truck. No, and, and I see, and, you know, and I, occasionally you'll see somebody like that. I'm like, what are you doing, you knucklehead? That's not supposed to be that way. Well, that skid steer is heavier than your truck. Yeah, exactly. Twice. <laughs> twice in some cases especially a half ton so, is twice on yeah. a half ton yeah i just i'll be honest i like the brakes of the big truck yes well um, the longevity i'm used I, to I me mean, again coming out of the four-wheel drive world like i did all those years you, you'd get somebody that would buy a, a travel trailer and of course they had a half ton truck already and the guy selling the travel trailer he didn't care i mean he'd sell you whatever you wanted to right. no matter what you could be driving a yugo he'd sell you a travel trailer stick a hitch on it and away you go and I can't tell you, mm-hmm. Russ, over the years, how many times somebody came in with, you know, the wrong truck for, you know, they had the right trailer, but they had the <laughs> wrong truck towing it. And, and you know, all that do, all it did was just, you know, really increase the maintenance on the truck pulling the trailer because you're constantly doing, you know, brakes or transmissions or differentials or, what you know, axles or whatever the case may be because the truck just wasn't set up, wasn't heavy enough to do what they were doing with it. it happened all the time. Yeah, well, one thing I've seen lately is actually, and I don't know if it's legal or not, but people have dollies they're putting their fifth wheels on. I've seen that, and too, and I don't know on that one either. Truck. I cannot tell you if that's... if that's. That just doesn't seem like... And I would idea. not do that. Sorry, not me. I can't. I, I won't do that. <laughs> I, uh, I don't know why you would want to do that other than you want a really big camper and don't want a really big truck. I so. guess. I, I would never do that. Just not my... I mean... And, and by the way, speaking of all that, I probably should put to put together as i do every year kind of a little toe show here in another probably month because that's going to be happening here in the not too distant future so you just reminded me i'll get that done yeah well and it's the same thing if you didn't change your your rear end fluid last year after boating season yep do it now you better do it now good one good one ross got to run to break top of the hour appreciate it man thanks for the update brian and longmont hang tight we'll come right back to you lines open 303-477-5600 this is drive radio klz 560 Still haven't had enough? Go to drive-radio.com, email your questions and comments, download previous programs, and find lots of useful information, including your nearest Colorado Select Auto Care Center. That's drive-radio.com. 
Thanks for listening to Drive Radio, sponsored by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers on KLZ 560.